Hi, I'm Wendy Sheridan, and this is The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. Welcome to episode 131. We are still in our season of democracy. We've learned about activism in the U.S. from North Carolina to California. We've heard about the local experience of becoming a committee member. And last episode, we heard about the international experiences of my friend and artist, Kate Ardern. Today, Robin and I will be talking about the anti-abortion influencers campaign of contraception misinformation. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> and before we get to that uh, main topic, we will enter the artscape and uh, check in with Wendy, who I think is doing some cool things. Thank you. <laughs> I, I like to think I'm doing some cool things, too. <laughs> but it's been a few weeks since our last show. I can start because I'm the reason why it's been a few weeks <laughs> since our last show. We lost a, a close family member. My father-in-law died uh, three weeks ago. And his funeral was two days ago. So that era is now behind us as far as that kind of stuff goes. But the fact that it was, you know, a very close family member who had been declining for a few months, it, it kind of just put a monkey wrench in my schedule. And I had to, you know, just be dealing with that. Yeah, so sometimes I, life is just life. You have to. Yeah, I appreciate y'all's patience in, in uh, not getting too too upset that we missed a show well absolutely and my sympathies you know go to Thanks. your family and you know and i hope uh i hope everyone is doing as best as you know as you can be yes yeah so. actually the funeral the funeral according to my mother-in-law i heard the second hand the funeral was exactly what she wanted it to be and and apparently she wants her funeral to be exactly the same <laughs> so well, at least you know. <laughs> now you know. Yeah, and I, I'm hoping that's not, you know, and then the rest of us are saying, well, let's hope that's not like any time soon, please, Nan. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we want you. We want you around for a while. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm taking a day, a, a mental health day off today. Today is Samhain, Halloween. Yes. And um, so it, I've been, I've been in overwhelm mode for a while now. And I've noticed. I just said, <laughs> I'm sure you did. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I'm not going to work on sound. I'm going to do our things because I want to do leftscape things. And then I'm going to go, you know, do other stuff, other yeah, organizing, balancing things, smoke some kush. I don't know what, but, <laughs> not, <laughs> but not work. <laughs> so do you, do you usually get a lot of trick-or-treaters? No, we get none. And that's why, that's one thing that is very kind of sad for me about being here and I, uh, why I like to not be home on Halloween, mm. typically. I'd rather we were doing okay. ritual or something because then I'm not home hearing kids go <laughs> in the ne nearby neighborhoods and none come here. Is It makes me, Oh, it's kind of not fun. <laughs> well, I mean, your houses down there are rather spaced apart fairly widely and there's no sidewalk. So I could kind of kind of get why parents might not want your while kids going down your street well there no it used to be normal and there, and there would be kids but now that neighborhoods have built up and they're like more concentrated um, areas that's where they go instead so that's what happens okay but anyway it's it. you know so yeah. and also i i like to do ritual and do sound things so it feels like a conflict too because like i want to be ritualizing but then 
I, I, I wish the kids were here. I don't know. It's like it just becomes a weird thing. So <laughs> I might go is, out for some hours weird. when that is happening. But, you know, but other than that, I, I'm I'm planning a good day. Well, that's good. And other stuff that I've been doing, I went to a, in Collingswood, New Jersey, they have a really great Halloween block party. And mm. I went to that this weekend and some, a couple got married there. And, oh, wow. And it was like this <laughs> full on pagan wedding in like like uh costumes they were like real it was very like sort of spooky and cool but ritualistically it was completely <laughs> recognizable to like what we do you know which was oh cool kind of yeah it was very cool you know and i've done some phone banking for upcoming elections been busy <laughs> busy couple of weeks yes we're going to we're going to be hitting on the election uh a lot because it's next week yeah it's Tuesday, November 8th, and uh, if you're in New Jersey, you can vote now. You could start. You could have started voting this past Saturday, and early voting is going all this week. I believe there will be no early voting on Monday, the day before the general election. The early voting, I think, will stop on Sunday, the Sunday before the election, which I'm probably the 6th. 6th, yep, that makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, we voted already. We voted yesterday. It was very not crowded. There's no lines and it's done. So go vote. Yes, absolutely. I'm <laughs> not going to go do that. I'm going to be hitting you off, all up on that <laughs> until the election's over. Yeah. And I should um, just mention, this is like way beyond our normal check-in, but while we're on I the know. topic, um, <laughs> if you're in Pennsylvania, and I just learned this actually, you have to have your ballot in by the end of election day. It's not counted. Oh. It's not a postmark thing. It's like it has to be there. So they're really heavily recommending, like, don't even put it in the mail at this point. Like, get it to a Dropbox if you're, if you're voting that way. Yeah. So, so you can't. So you make sure it's counted. Yeah. In New Jersey, it has to be postmarked by election day. Right. But not in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And I know Pennsylvania's got a lot more contentious elections going on. Although I, I think mine... I don't know. I don't know what the polling is for my congressman, but I'm hoping my guy gets reelected. So mm. anyway, Malinkowski, mm -hmm. vote for him if you're in District 7. If we're still District 7, I don't even know. <laughs> it was, he was District 7. I was not. And now I'm in his district. So whatever that district is, vote for him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we should tell people how to reach us. and Yes, stuff. yes. We should get back to our normal... <laughs> Our normal stuff. Uh, as always, you can catch a new episode of The Leftscape every other Wednesday. Uh, subscribe to our show on our website, leftscape.com, or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you sign up for automatic downloads so you won't miss a show. Yes, and do follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Leftscape. Uh, you can check our show notes on the website, and you'll find links to uh, follow our show guests and get more info. And while you're on the site, do sign up for our newsletter, The Leftscape Lookout. Your downloads, likes, follows, and subscriptions really do help us grow. And especially, especially, we're going to talk about Patreon. I think Wendy's going to mention Patreon. Patreon helps us out so much because in my overwhelm mode, getting the newsletter out has been really, really hard. And having, other, having more people help <laughs> will help us. <laughs> Go. Yes. Yes. And on Patreon... Supporters can listen to our exclusive segment, We Should Be Recording This. And we're going to record one after we do this show. Yes. <laughs>
And I'm not sure what we're talking about yet. But join us at any level starting at just $1 a month. If you support us at the $5 stage door level, you will receive a thank you package containing postcards, a magnet, a sticker, invitations to our periodic hangouts on Zoom, Discord, Facebook Live, or other platform. And priority for you got questions, we got answers, as well as all of our we should be recording this conversations. And I have a rewind from our last show. I could not remember the prog rock band I was referencing in episode 131, and I had to go look it up. It's it's uh, The band is Stickmen, and it was formed in 2007 by Tony Levin and Pat Mastelotto, both formerly of King Crimson. And they still have, they have a third member who also plays the stick. So it's, it's uh, two Chapman stick players and a drummer in the band, and it's very... I, I dig this music. I know it's not for everyone. It's uh, I, my daughter, like she comes in, she hears me. She says, turn this off. I can't take this. It's very complex and lots of notes. So, you know, it's got like, I guess the the king of Austria would be like he did with Mozart, too many notes. So, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I enjoy it. Okay. So now we have our three random facts and the news. Random fact number one, Chris is the 340th most popular name in the United States. One in every 1,648 Americans is named Chris. Fact number two is a snail has 2,500 teeth. These teeth can be found on their tongue that's covered in ridges. Snails eat by rubbing their tongue on its food while the ridges cut it into tiny pieces. That is so gross. No snails (laughs) had any teeth. (laughs) That is definitely random and a fact I did not know. (laughs) Okay, my third fact is that Rhydon was the first Pokemon ever created. This was revealed in an interview with Ken Sugimori, one of the original designers for the first generation of Pokemon titles. Despite its early creation, Rhydon is placed at 112th in the Pokedex. Okay, so now uh, it's time for all the news we can handle. And my first news piece is, I think it's very good news. Uh, Bolsonaro loses the Brazilian election to Lula da Silva. 59 million votes to Bolsonaro's 57 million. So he lost by 2 million votes. Uh, sadly, Bolsonaro has not conceded the election yet. So I'm nervous that there's going to be some kind of issues at the the changeover of, of power. However, world leaders all over the place have stepped forward to recognize Lula's stunning political comeback, including the Joe Biden, the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, Russian leader Vladimir Putin and China's Communist Party chief Xi Jinping. So people from all sides of the political spectrum have congratulated Lula's on Lula on his victory. And I'm hoping that will help encourage Bolsonaro to turn over power properly at the end of his term in January. We'll, keeping, we'll be keeping an eye on that. Oh, boy. So you have until January thing again so they can... Hopefully yeah. not brew up trouble like what happened here, but yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's actually <laughs> great news. I had not heard that news this morning yet. So good. Thank you for that. <laughs> and in the UK, Liz Trust lasted exactly 4.1 Scaramucci's as UK Prime Minister. <laughs> <laughs> and and Anthony Scaramucci actually tweeted that himself, which I thought was very funny because I thought it too, and then he, po- he posted it. So uh, Scaramucci was the guy in the in the Trump administration who lasted 11 days, and um, <laughs> which was kind of funny. And Liz Truss was uh, prime minister for 45 days or 44 and change or something. Uh, but the lettuce was still not bad yet. The lettuce one. <laughs> <laughs> the lettuce one. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't seen anyone tank an entire economy and do as much damage as half could have possibly. It was just kind of amazing what happened in those short times. And I, I can't claim to understand all of the details of what happened, but it definitely went awry very quickly. So their new prime minister is Rishi Sunak, and he checks a couple of first boxes. He's the first person of color to be hmm. prime minister of the UK and also the first Hindu, which is interesting. He also is is uh, not new in some ways because he's in extremely rich, like actually su- supposedly even more wealthy than the royals, to some oh as my. some people say. <laughs> so I don't know how this is all going to, uh, you know, come together. But hopefully there will be some more stability there, one way yeah. or the other. So, and if you want a, a little more insight into UK politics, and you hadn't listened to our prior episode. We definitely talk about the differences between the prime minister and the president in in the interview in, in the last episode. Yeah, so definitely check worth, that out. Worth revisiting too. Yeah, um, and today, which is Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court will be hearing oral arguments in two cases univ- against University of North Carolina and Harvard University. This is they're they're challenging the affirmative action admissions policies. So that's under threat now. Civil rights attorneys and experts alike are worrying because uh, the court overthrew Roe v. Wade and their right tilt could could spell an end to these policies, which isn't going to be good for really anyone. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the the. What is it? The the Voting Rights Act is basically hanging by a thread, right? At this point, yeah. Well, this is a different. um, This is a different different, issue, but this is different. But it's yeah, yeah. I'm I'm concerned about this, and we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. And and this is where they, they do the arguments, but we're not going to hear their results for Yeah, we won't know until right? probably for six months this summer. Yeah. The, you know, they're, they're, yeah, like they're just hearing arguments today, but that means they're going to be ruling on it at some point in the future. And uh, I guess we'll see. Yes. Fingers crossed. Yes. And as we already mentioned, Election Day is Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, November 8th. And I know that there have been some some poll watcher, quote unquote, poll watcher voter intimidation happening, um, particularly in Arizona. I know I've heard of it where there are people armed and in tactical gear, like watching people and sort of I don't know. I don't know if they're questioning people or just being very visible and trying to just get people not to go to drop boxes, essentially. So I don't know. 
how widespread it is. I know I've heard of some incidences of it, but we have some information that we can post or set, share a link about from the ACLU on what you know what voter intimidation is and where you can report it if it's happening to you. But it would be things yeah. like you know aggressively questioning voters about their citizenship or other qualifications to vote false you know maybe someone falsely presents themselves as an official spreading misinformation about voting and mm-hmm. that sort so it's all a lot of things you know but you know there are things you can do if you encounter it and hopefully and also you won't. no campaigning within like 100 feet or yes. yards of the voting center exactly yep campaigning should be done by that point yes so, yeah, so we're all we're we're wishing you all good voting. Don't be intimidated, hopefully. <laughs> and yeah. if you are, there are some steps you can take by letting the, you know, the election protection hotline and other things like that. We'll we'll say we'll put that information up. Yes. And uh our final news piece is uh DH Peligro, the drummer for the Dead Kennedys, died at age 63. I think he died over the weekend. Uh, yeah. He died from a head trauma resulting from an accidental fall in his home in Los Angeles. He was a drummer for the Dead Kennedys from 1981 until the the band broke up in 1986. And then again, after it reformed in 2001, he also was drumming for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And he had started his own band, Peligro, for which he sang, played guitar, uh, and played guitar in three albums. And one of which I think won uh, a music award not like a grammy but it was another another music award uh, yeah. and our our sympathies go out to his family and and friends and it's too young this news sucks and <laughs> it's just i mean I, I, I it's also you you were gonna scoop me on the pokemon news but you scooped me on the punk news instead <laughs> But I, was I, I wasn't even going to say talk about this because it's just a bummer. And we actually have a friend, a mutual friend who, well, someone we used to do ritual with who passed away in this exact way. Oh, yeah. Which is just such a weird, sudden thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's Well, it's head, head injuries. If you fall and hit your head, go get checked out even if you feel okay because yeah. you could have a bleed that you don't know and and our friend had slipped in the shower but she lived alone and nobody nobody could get to her in time to get her to the hospital i'm not sure you know if that was a similar thing from for this guy but when i was in college there was a a graduate student who was mugged on his way home and he just went home and went to sleep and he died in his sleep that night because the guy had hit him over the head with like a blackjack or something. And, and and he, you know, didn't think it was severe enough to get it checked out. So, you know, head injuries are no joke. Right. So. And that actually does dovetail into the one extra thing I did want to say is oh, that yeah. we really hope uh, <laughs> Paul Pelosi makes a full recovery. Uh, yes. Beacon of head injuries. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and I guess, you know, most people know that um, there was someone who broke into the Pelosi's home in San Francisco and was saying, where's Nancy? And, and was carrying like a hammer and zip ties, apparently, too. Yeah. And God, that is terrifying. It, it really is. And um, 
but she was in D.C., but he decided to attack her husband, an 80-something-year-old guy. And uh, yeah, he was able to call um, call 911 and get them. I don't know that he spoke, but he got them to understand that something was wrong. And um, and they showed up and, and you know, stopped the situation. Yeah. But it was uh, he was pretty. I mean, I know he had skull fractures, I believe. I don't know. Yeah, it's fucked up. It, yes. <laughs> In a word, yes. So um, we're just hoping that he's doing okay. And, uh, yeah. and let's stop this insane violent thing yes <laughs> yes and and i i think that's all the news i think we can that is really the, all the news we can handle are you helping someone run for office are you running for office yourself going to a protest and can't think of what to write on your sign are you tired of seeing blm or let's go brandon then you want the sloganator we at the Leftscape have curated a special set of slogans for your next protest or campaign. Visit leftscape.com sloganator and voila, you'll receive a fresh new slogan for your sign. That's leftscape.com sloganator. Well, welcome to Artscape. This is where we talk to each other about what we're doing and making and creating. And today I am asking Wendy, what what is up? What are you what's happening in your <laughs> what's art happening? World? Um what's happening is it's November and I have like two shows this November. Uh the first one is on November fifth at the Rahway Recreation Center off of Milton Avenue in Rahway. It is the Rahway Art and Craft Fair. I will be vending there. I will have all of my paintings. I have been painting a lot this year. And and I so I have a bunch of watercolors. I have a bunch of acrylic paintings that are done in fluorescent colors. So if you if you have like a hippie black light room, they would look really excellent in there. <laughs> and they're abstract-ish some of these some of these are representational like I have my robot guy one of my robot guys and uh and I have a bunch of watercolors of various things and I have a bunch of greeting cards that are adorable because they feature cats so it's like suddenly this year I've I've like developed something that could be considered a style so (laughs) You know, it's not like completely just random drawings of different weird things. And I'm going to have more of what I'm calling my fandom magnets, which are uh, little sketches. Robin has a few of them already. I actually have to redo the ones you bought. So I have complete sets for the cartoons that I'm (laughs) drawing the characters of. They're all from from my favorite cartoons. So I have uh, Futurama. I have She-Ra. And I have Disenchantment, so two Matt Groening cartoons and and one not Matt Groening. And I, I plan, at least before the second show, to have a set of uh, Lower Decks <laughs> character magnets. Because um, the second show I'm doing, which is happening the weekend of 
November, it's like 17th, 18th, 19th, or 18th, 19th, 20th. It's the PhilCon Science Fiction Convention in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Wow, it's time for that again already? Yep. That's amazing. Well, it's... <laughs> the time went so fast. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that to me. It's always in November. Um, and I'm going to be displaying stuff in the art show. And it'll be it'll be consisting of pretty much the things that didn't sell at the Rawway show and whatever I can uh, throw together in the two weeks between events. So so it'll be all those things. And if you're in the area, I would love it if you guys would come by and say hi and maybe buy something. That would be like really good. That would be fun. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Being being a starving artist is not fun. Uh, being a paid artist is fun and and also having people like buy your work is very validating I guess <laughs> absolutely you know? yeah. I, yeah I remember last year I think I wanted to come I think I might have been under the weather and just with the whole COVID thing I was like I'm not gonna mm. risk going out but hopefully I can make it this time to the oh, that would be event. fun yeah love to see you so um, I, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm curious you said you feel like you found a style how would you describe that Oh, God. I don't know. It's not... I Okay, it's these long, skinny cats I started drawing. I did a really fast sketch um, probably earlier this year on my iPad, and I, and I ended up doing four very small acrylic paintings of different kinds of cats in that shape. And, and, then, and then I did a, a, a series of cards of seasonal cats. They're not realistic, you know, they're very, they're elongated, tall and skinny, and they, and, and it's done in pen and ink, at least the pen and ink, not the acrylics, obviously. And I don't know that I'm going to do other animals that way. I probably won't. But I, I have a really, what I consider to be a really clever get well card. It's, it's a cat, very sad looking cat who's, who has a, is wearing one of those Elizabethan collars and, and its leg is bandaged up. And it says on the front, uh, it's all fun and games until you until someone ends up in a cone. <laughs> and uh, it's good for sick animals, sick people. <laughs> I really like that one. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I, I actually I drew I drew a different version of that many, many years ago for one of those monthly challenges. It was a one called 30 Days of Creativity, like in 2013 or something, like 10 years ago. And then year, and then I posted, and this was because a friend of mine had a pet rat that was wearing one of those cones, and I drew the rat with that, and it and it said, you know, it's all fun and games till somebody ends up in a cone. And then I'm in the uh, in PetSmart, you know, seven years later, and I'm seeing these little tiny notebooks with that wording and and like a clipboard of a dog and a cat, and I go, God damn it, <laughs> somebody <laughs> saw my thing on Instagram. <laughs> That's okay, because I didn't trademark it, so I can't like sue them for IP violations. So right, right. <laughs> That's cool. Now those images, the cat images, remind me a little bit of like a mid-century modern okay. cartoon or design. It's like yeah. that sort of cartoony art thing. It's you know? kind of like that. Yes, yeah. definitely. It's kind of like that. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. So ha yeah. have you? Were you, have you been trying to sort of, I guess I wonder how, how much people consciously think about a style. Because some people are like, oh, I don't, I don't like labels or whatever. And then there are other people who are very much 
choose a genre and go into it so has that been yeah. something you've thought about or just you just sort of do what no. you like i mean I, you obviously like science fiction so that becomes part right. of what you do yeah I, it's i don't like i mean I, musically you cannot pin me down to a genre because i don't think i have two songs in the same genre you know out of all of my music i mean there's a a similarity of the sound because i'm using similar instruments and my voice sounds the same you know Artistically, um, I think it's it has something to do with your progress as an artist because you start out you're you're pretty much copying styles, you know, uh, or you're you're being very heavily influenced by certain art styles or groups or whatever, and at some point you stop copying and you start like just doing your own thing. And I'm I'm not completely there yet, but I am farther along than I was a year ago, for mm-hmm. example. I mean, I enjoyed drawing these cats. I think I will get sick of doing it at some point, and then I'm going to do something else. You know, I'll get bored with it. And then I'll, you know, because um, a lot of the, a few of the paintings are nebulas. It's it's a, it's a watercolor technique, and it ends up looking like something in outer space, especially once you they flick some white paint on there for stars. And, uh, you know, like starscapes and, and they're not as spectacular as the, you know, the stuff we're seeing from the web telescope because they're not photographs. They're just, you know, me putting pigment on, on paper and I'm still doing a lot of experimenting. You know, I, I started, my daughter got me, talked me into watching, rewatching like a Bob Ross video. They're all on a bunch of Bob Ross videos are on Netflix or Hulu Mm -hmm. right now. And he's so relaxing. <laughs> yeah. But but also you're learning, you know, I'm I'm watching him put, you know, the, the color on the page and how he does how he does his layers, you know, like he does the background and and then he puts the happy little trees in and, and the mountains and all that stuff. But it's it's I'm not and I don't know really I'm my landscape stuff is lacking. I mean when he does these paintings I'm going, yeah, that's really nice, but I want to see like, you know, a couple of deer in the forest or something. I want more stuff. I don't want I want like animals in it or or something like that and that's like you can't finish those in like 2 hours. You know. Well actually he can't do that either cuz they're oil paintings and you have to let stuff dry kind of between layers. But a lot of the principles will work with acrylics if you're working fast enough. Mm. None of this will work with watercolor. None of what he does cuz it's the medium the 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 materials you're using makes a huge difference in the effects you can get. Mm-hmm. Um but the fact, you know, I I was I was like learning how to do like some brush strokes and stuff so you can see <laughs> I could show you with and the pictures I sent you like the two flower pictures or the one from the newsletter I was definitely using Bob Ross brushing techniques for those okay interesting so and you're yeah. able to sort of extrapolate from his sort of happy little landscape to whatever you're working on just sort of learning the basic yeah. technique yeah 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 well it's more like I want to like a happy little sunset sky for in front you know behind what i'm doing and and that's the other thing like he will put like his background stuff like all over the place and then just paint over it and that way it's it's like opposite of watercolor because watercolor you can't layer like that you have to if you have something in the foreground and you want to have a really intricate background that like 
goes behind all your foreground pieces. You either have to paint it really intricately behind it or you have to put a layer of frisket, which is a resist to keep that part of the paper pristine. And you just paint around and, it, and whatever you paint won't get on the, the, the central part. Okay. And then when you're ready to paint the central part, you peel that stuff off and then you can paint it. Okay. Because you, you I would love to paint. see that. I don't I'm not familiar with that technique. That's interesting. Yeah, it's yeah, I'm sure there's YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. Um I may actually do one. I I have all the equipment to do art videos, but I'm not feeling comfortable enough when I'm really working on something. I don't want to have to think about cameras and and talking through my process. <laughs> I just want to paint. So I'm not quite at the point where I'm ready to to do process videos. I'm also I don't think I'm that great of a of a painter. I mean, I'm mostly watching other people painting and figuring and getting some tips from them at this mm -hmm. point. So, I I'm still I'm still on my art journey, but I've improved and I have a lot of pieces and uh at least, you know, if you come by and you look at them or you get uh, the newsletter for this month, if you sign up for that, you'll see some pieces. I, I sent Robin some pictures. Yes. Yeah. I, I like that one girl. I, I drew her first on the iPad, and then I did her. I called the one that you have, the really hot, the, the neon one is called Hot Girl Summer. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, like, I like the title of that one. Uh -huh. and, and I did it a larger one that's more spacey that's also in Dayglow. I, I got I got these fluorescent paints and I got really psyched into just doing everything in day glow colors. <laughs> I just I just I don't know. That's the that's the Peter Max influence on me. Yeah. You're in the day your day glow period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well that is very cool. Um do you have anything else on the horizon? Are you are you gonna do like a thing a day for November or anything like that? I know some people no. that are doing nano no, I'm not doing any of that. I'm. Uh, I didn't do. I didn't do uh, Inktober Ink this Inktober, year. Inktober, that's right. That's the usual one. No, I didn't do that. Okay. Um, and I'm not doing NaNoWriMo. And I think there's a November one for art as well. I think there's one for art every month if you're looking. Okay. But um, no, mostly uh, for November, I'm going. You know, I have to. I have to figure out, and I'll do that probably when we're done recording. I'm going to start figuring out how I'm hanging all these paintings on the display stuff I have. And and then I've got to figure out, you know, then I'm going to be making more pieces for PhilCon if I need to. And then it's Thanksgiving and because my father-in-law died and now everybody's like aware of death. It's like we're having thing. We, it, it, the edict has come down that we're hosting Thanksgiving. So that's happening. And then it's my birthday and then it's December and, and you know, end of the year. It's coming fast, right? It's amazing. <laughs> it's like this month. It's like ever since my father-in-law died, it's been, I have been booked every weekend. Wow. So, and I, and it doesn't look like it's letting up. So. Oh, wow. Well, remind, okay. remind us where, where you're going to be again. Okay. The Rahway Art and Craft Fair on November 5th in Rahway, New Jersey on Milton Avenue at the Rahway Recreation Center. And then I will be displaying pieces in the Philcon Art Show at the Philadelphia Science Fiction Convention at 
Oh, it's the Crown Plaza in Cherry Hill mm-hmm. is the is the hotel, and it is the 18th, 19th, and 20th of November. Very good. And your website where people can see most of your <laughs> art. Ha! Hmm. That would be uh, Facebook at this point. Okay. <laughs> and um, I'm not even really posting on my page anymore. It's more like on my personal timeline. Uh, my page is Wendy Cards. And uh, Wendy Cards with a Z on Etsy, where some things may end up that don't sell at the shows, but they're going to be way more expensive because shipping. Okay. So go so to the like show. You, <laughs> yeah. Go to the show unless you want to spend 20 bucks like on postage. <laughs> so because <laughs> awesome. these are big pieces and they're not cheap to mail. So anyway, hope to see you guys at any of these things. And if you do go, tell, tell me that, you know, you're here because of the podcast. Yes. Absolutely. And, and I... And there might be uh, like a gift for you at the Rawway Craft Fair. So awesome. Thank <laughs> little, you, Wendy. Little incentive. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome to our main topic. Our discussion today isn't going to be an interview. But we're going to be talking about this sort of, well, this isn't really new, but it's been recently uncovered uh, or revealed to to exist that the anti-abortion groups have been working very hard on a birth control disinformation campaign. And I, I we're bringing this up because you know, after the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade and and a lot of states started criminalizing abortion again, the word on the street is they're coming for our birth control next. And they're coming for our birth control. And that's what we want to talk about. So first of all, it's just, it's hard to make sense of that in my brain. It just seems so, so backward that I'm trying to I know I have to believe that and I know that there are people that that think this way it's just hard to it's hard to imagine but it's good for us to be aware of it for sure do you think this is I guess my question is I feel like there are people who legitimately believe that abortion is murder or whatever and have their sort of religious philosophical objection to it that wouldn't include preventing pregnancy. Well, yeah. But do you think it's a, it's a greater moral belief for a, a, enough numbers of them that this is really becoming? I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah. know. Um, it's, they, are, they are taking the rise in pseudoscience and the and the increasing distrust in modern medicine in ter- like vaccines and medications they're taking that core of distrust on that and they're amplifying it you know they're they're from the from the articles i've been reading about this it looks like they're really 
trying to get people to stop using hormonal birth control. And I understand that in some populations, and certainly when the pill was first released, I have in my family, I believe there was a woman who died with two small children because she had a, a blood clot from the pill. You know, she, you know, oh, wow. she just, it was the drop dead in the bathroom. So, you know, that was the, the story. And I know that some hormonal birth control, there that has been definitely in the past, and I think it may still happen with some people that, that there is an increased risk of blood clots, uh, especially if you're also a smoker. You know, that, yeah, that I, I remember that warning. Was pro- was this very... was like in the, in, right in the beginning like in the 60s. So they didn't... Okay. So it was a much stronger right. pill. Right. It was a much stronger pill. When my relative died, and I and I heard about this later, it was a much stronger pill. They didn't understand about um, the synergistic effects of other things you might be doing, like smoking. And I mean, I don't even think they thought smoking was bad for you back then. Yeah, this was the 60s. Right. Everybody... Doctors were recommending <laughs> yeah, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> On TV, anyway. So... So oh, in man. other words, but they're taking that information and they're, they're exasperating, exacerbating, not exasper, exacerbating, increasing the um, importance of minor side effects to convince people not to, not to take hormonal birth controls, including the pill and IUDs. And I'm, I'm assuming they also go into the, like the, um, the injections you get every three months, I forget what the hell that's called, because that was sort of, I, that was just starting when I was still needing birth control. But I didn't want to do that. And they're getting people like afraid or or trying to be avoidant of of the hormonal birth controls in favor of of the rebranded rhythm method. They've rebranded the rhythm method, basically, and saying, oh, this is 98% effective if, you're, if you do it perfectly. But, uh, you know, and if you look at the actual... But who does that there's perfectly? Two sets, there's two sets of statistics. There's the perfect right. and the typical, right? So, so in right. other words, if it's like 98, 99% effective if you do it perfectly, but in practice it's 60 to 80% effective, that means it's really hard to do it perfectly. You know, and, and that the yeah. old joke was what do you call people using the rhythm method as their birth control? Parents. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, uh. so yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me that the anti abortion people would be against birth control because birth control stops a pregnancy so nobody would need an abortion in the first place. You know? Well, it seems like a much a larger question of morality is that they really Oh, they don't want people having sex. Don't want to right. That, Fuck that. You know, that having sex is immoral and then so therefore try to stop all the avenues to make it feel like a safe and comfortable thing. Right. It's basically they're, they're trying to make their religion, the law of the land, you know, I mean, our religion says, uh, what is it? All forms of pleasure, all forms of love and pleasure are our sacraments or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sacraments. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, why can't my religion be the law of the land? And, and also, just to to be fair, 
there this is this is so, an extreme form of anybody's religion who's, that tries to except you know, engineer this kind except, of thing. I think it's to not. be except this these ex, these religious extremists are getting traction in our laws. And that's what I mean. Yeah. That's that's scary. That's, it's terrifying, and it's it and it it really makes me angry, you know. And they're talking, you know, the the articles talk about this plethora of menstrual cycle tracking apps for your smartphones that that are you know apparently big business now, and that's also a dangerous thing in states where abortion is illegal because. The apps may, you know, law enforcement may be hanging on to those apps or or tagging in or or getting information from them to find out that you may be pregnant. This whole thing, it's it's, you know, number one, if you get pregnant, you can't stop the pregnancy. You're forced to carry it to term regardless of what it's going to do to you, regardless of your age or or your financial status or your emotional status or or any ability to to carry this to term or be a, a parent that that they don't care about that and now they're going to you know keep you from obtaining birth control and and if you think it'll stop it at just the pill you're kidding yourself they'll probably make it difficult to get the you know like barrier methods or other things and it's like we're taking a hundred years of public health progress and throwing it out the window. And all because there's people who think that, you know, an, a non-viable fetus it deserves more rights than the human who's carrying that. Yeah. So, and this is, you, you say this is mostly... Happening on TikTok and other social media, yeah, but well, mostly TikTok. Well, the mis- a lot right. of this misinformation, I, I think, well, the, the the study was looking at specifically at TikTok and um, mm. not so much the other social media. And I think that's because more of the under 30 crowd are on TikTok than other platforms at this point. Mm-hmm. And what they see, and I think maybe Instagram as well, what they're seeing are reels of, you know, people giving misinformation about birth control, basically talking about making the hormonal birth control pills uh, seem more dangerous than they really are, uh, and telling, and, and also telling people that, that these other uh, cycle tracking, you know, the rhythm method with more steps is, is at least as effective as the pill. I think they, a lot of them, and they also have misinformation about how the pill works. You know, like the morning after pill, I believe stops implantation. And they're saying that is basically, they're, they're calling that an abortion. That you have a fertilized egg that doesn't implant in the, in the uterine lining. And that's an abortion and it's not. Right. And a lot of the pills that, at least the one I know that I was taking, it was suppressing ovulation, not suppressing implantation. You know, okay, I guess we should take a step back. If you don't know how a woman's menstrual cycle works, because that's where there's a there, there's misinformation at every level of of reproduction knowledge. Right. And I was giggling just as we started this. <laughs> and I was like, but... 
You're right. People yeah, don't know. People don't know. <laughs> you you have a uterus, which is where if you got pregnant, where the baby would grow. They it's also called your womb. Um, and on either side of the uterus are two uh, fallopian tubes that are. I'm I'm visualizing in my head and. And Robin is giving me gestures. And I'm doing gestures. Visual aids. And, and on the end of the fallopian tubes are the ovaries where what where the eggs are. Okay. And once a month, one of the ovaries will spit out an egg and it will it will, with luck, find the fallopian tube, which isn't directly connected. It's like a little flower that kind of sits on top of the egg. And it goes down the fallopian tube, and if somebody had had sex and a sperm gets up through the through the cervix at the bottom of the uterus and goes and finds the egg in the fallopian tube and gets past all the other sperm and all this other stuff and implants into the egg, then you have a zygote, which will then, under normal circumstances, implant in the thickened uterine lining which a lot of women experience as pre-period bloat. And then it will start growing and eventually, if everything goes right, will be a baby nine months from now and pop out and blah, blah, blah. If that doesn't happen, the egg exits the uterus unfertilized, followed shortly thereafter by all of this uterine lining that looks like blood, even though it's not. Uh, and that just sloughs off until the next month and that's the period where you have red stuff coming out of your vagina or your you your labia it is not blood but it looks like blood there's blood in it and you can't and women have no conscious control over this they can't stop the flow they can't wait until they pee to have it have it stop and i've I can't. I, I I know that people have thought these things. I, I'm just, just going through the stuff that people, you know. They I see these tweets and politicians actually oh, yes. believe this, some and, of this and stuff, politicians right? and were and and bosses. Like, you, you, what do you mean? You can't just hold it until you know till your break when you're when you're bleeding through your your underpants. And you know, tampons go inside the vaginal opening and absorb this stuff and have to be changed frequently. If you use them too much, there's a chance of toxic shock syndrome. And it, that's why you don't leave them in there all the time. You have to take them out or you're going to... Toxic, so yeah, it's, toxic it's, shock syndrome, actually, it, it's a very... It is a septic, septic kind of um, reaction to certain things. And it, it it's why the birth control sponge is no longer available on the market, which really sucked because I really liked that. That worked very well <laughs> and it was comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I mean, no regular use of tampons yes, it's, is it's typically fu- Yeah, fine. but they have it's to put the like warning a... in there because some people will leave yeah. them in for the month. I mean, that that's happened. I've talked to people who've done yeah. that and it's like, why are you doing this? And right. also, you know, the pads that you put in your underwear that to catch the menstrual flow. All right, so that's... That's the reproductive cycle. And what the pill does is it either prevents ovulation entirely, which means there's never going to be a baby, or it prevents implantation. And that's a different pill. The pill that prevents implantation is the one that they call the morning after pill. And that one is why 
people will dis- have decided that all hormonal birth control is another abor- is abortion under another name because they they believe it it's working on it's it's preventing a fertilized egg from implanting in the uterus and i don't know i am not a person who thinks a fertilized egg is a human being you know and that kind of talk will also stop all work towards in vitro fertilization which i know there's a lot of people who have fertility problems and that's the only way for them to have children and when that happens there's a lot of uh fertilized eggs that don't ever get implanted you know they they take a bunch of eggs and when that happens you're given a bunch of hormones that make you very irritable possibly i i've heard that it's it's they give you hormones to increase your egg production and then they go in probably i'm not sure how they go in but they go in and they harvest a bunch of eggs and then somebody else donates a bunch of sperm and they put everything in a petri dish and the eggs are fertilized and then they're re-implanted inside the uterus at some point and they've successfully been able to get pregnant that way but there's also a bunch of fertilized eggs in a lab that they didn't implant that that are you know if you consider that that a fertilized egg is a human being that they're they're there you know and they're never going to be grown into humans so they're also trying to get trying to stop that scientific stuff too right and if you're one of those people with fertility problems you will never you won't be able to do that anymore if these people get their way yeah i mean so the solutions i mean <laughs> i think one of the things i i mean media literacy is a huge thing right now i yes. think because people need to understand the 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 sort of funneling system that especially on tiktok makes it really easy to just follow into a storyline and keep going well, into it yeah tiktok i so, believe is like it's paying attention to what you're paying attention to and it gives you more of that right i mean i think all of the social media does that to some degree now and i think but, tiktok um, is like an but expert this is at the, it now it, it's very very good at it and i was actually listening to the Conspirituality podcast, the most recent episode where they were talking about uh, light language speakers. And it's basically people who speak in tongues and are claiming to heal you with uh, various things okay. and stuff. And it's the, they were saying that the speed at which someone gets to the level, to like higher levels of cons- being considered you know, experts or whatever, or like the people that are being followed, it's like exponential now because they said they recognized it from say like the yoga world where you would have a yoga studio and then in a couple of years you'd start doing trainings and in a couple of years you might have a trip to Peru with people or some, or do like, you know, personal one-on-one work or something, but it would take years. And they said this in like a matter of months, there's a certain person who's a light language speaker who went from, you know, just posting random videos, some person, yeah person random person random videos to like selling individual classes and having like hundreds of thousands of followers and just like every video going you know viral basically and it's happens in like a few months and it's and but they're but they don't have any 
they didn't do any years of training or learning or anything of that. It's just sort of who's being watched wow. and who's be, who's most successful in the in the media. So it has nothing to know, do to be... with their actual skill or training. It's just the randomness of popularity. Randomness of popularity, I think, I think connected with the gift of whatever, yeah. the gift of gab or the, or just the, you know, some people present right. in a certain way that catches right, on, right, right. you know? So, I mean, and I'm not a person to say, I'm not anti-social media at all, but I think it's, it is so important for people to be able to see the flags that might tip them off that, I mean, I guess if anyone's claiming to heal you by saying babble, hmm over an app that might be a flag <laughs> i remember when i remember when but, yuri geller was supposed to like bend a spoon over the tv the spoon bending yeah oh wow. i think i okay. had a spoon i think i was i was waiting for him to bend my spoon i was because i didn't think he was <laughs> going to and he didn't so that's pretty funny <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But I think it's a little harder when it comes to information that could seem plausible to a certain amount of oh, people. Yeah. And that's the tougher challenge with this kind yes, of stuff. Yes. It's it's horrible. It's really, you know, it, what it what Mark Twain said, a lie will travel the world three times before the truth gets its pants on or something like that. I don't know if that was Mark Twain either. But Right. But uh <laughs> Oh, I think that was uh, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's some truth to that. I mean, we've seen we've seen how how repeating a lie enough makes a lot of people believe it. I mean, we've seen it we've seen it last year with that's why January sixth happened. Because a right. lie kept Absolutely. getting repeated. A lie was started before it even, I mean, he was talking about this, about the election being rigged in June before the election. Mm -hmm. You know, right. he was planting these seeds well before. And it's really hard to combat lies. And, and I guess this is my, my screaming into the void kind of thing. I really, I really want everyone to take their reproductive health really, really seriously and do more than just watch videos or listen to podcasts. I mean, or, or TikToks or even this podcast and do some research, you know, talk to your actual doctor, talk to, talk to your doctor, talk to, or, or, you know, go to. The, Na the National Institute of Health websites or Harvard, you know, actual websites that will print, you know, real information and not bullshit. And, you know, don't believe everything that a, a media personality is going to say to you. And you even have to be careful with doctors because there's doctors who are anti-abortion and, and they they are also getting in on this they're they're they may not they may not lie and say certain you know drugs are are bad for you when they're not but they will promote lesser effect less effective methods of birth control 
over mm -hmm. the hormonal-based ones. And I'm not saying that the hormonal-based ones are right for everybody. And, and the other thing, when they get these contraceptions, contraceptives banned, these, hormone, these hormonal birth control pills are doing more than just stopping pregnancy. There are plenty of people who, the uterati, which is my term for um, people with uteruses, who are not all women, <laughs> you know, not all women have uteruses and not all people with uteruses are women. We have to remember that. So I came up with the gender, gender natural, neutral term uterati. Uh, it sounds so ominous, though. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Illuminati. But it's yes. funny. That's why it's funny. Um, <laughs> but there are people of the uterati who use hormonal birth control pills to regulate their cycles. To and it it also it it's very effective in helping you if you have conditions like PCOS, which I don't remember what that stands for. Or, or if you have really, really severely painful periods, which a lot yes, of people have. I, and I was one of those okay. people when I was a teenager into my So you were 20s. taking I them for, for that kind of reason and not, yep. and not to stop a pregnancy. And, and if these contraceptives get banned, everyone who's doing it for medical reasons and not just for pregnancy stopping uh, will be fucked. You know, they're not, yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. they're already, they're already having trouble finding them, you know, in, in certain states where, where the pharmacist is allowed to not sell you medication based on their moral feelings. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I was really fortunate to be able to, to get the pill when I did. And it was, I, I was trying to really remember that. I mean, it was sort of concurrent with when I was becoming sexually active when I first started taking them. But it was also, so I think my earliest experiences, I, I didn't have it, but then I did have it, but the, the concern became AIDS pretty oh. quickly. So like we always had to use something <laughs> else anyway. So it was like not, it was there, it was an extra protection against pregnancy, but it was like, it really wasn't the main thing. And I definitely, it really, I really honestly did go on it initially because of pain mm. from my yeah. periods, which is so extreme, but. Yeah, uh, so I think yeah, com combating bad information with good information is is a really good idea. So I hope that there are social media channels like what we're doing here and TikToks that can go viral and whatnot that talk about real information yeah. plus actual doctors and you know physical world. I mean, maybe stuff. I should get on TikTok and start posting videos about this is. This is your reproductive system. This is how it works. I, I don't know. We should, we should be on TikTok. I think that's, that's something I've been thinking uh, about. It's <laughs> a whole other discussion we'll talk about offline. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's, yeah, so there's that. And, and also just, um, I don't think you can argue with people that are going down a rabbit hole that was more like being present and asking questions and being there when they start to wake up mm. i think is the is the is the key it's it's a tricky thing because if you have someone who's basing their thinking on a lot of misinformation and like an emotional charge yeah yelling the real information doesn't help which is the problem so it's like being yes, there I... making sure people are there when 
hope they get a chance to hopefully hear the right stuff yeah. first, you know? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a challenge. I guess, I guess if we're doing, I, I have, I have a, we have a, a mutual friend who is a, um, a NICU nurse who has stories about oh. misinformation about how people get pregnant, like unbelievably naive people. I gotta hear. Oh, they're good. I mean, we should probably have her on the show. I mean, I think we've had her on the show, but she was talking about her her books. But uh, yeah, you yeah, know, we could have her on the show to share some of her ridiculous reproductive stories that that she has a collection of. Um, wow. But yeah, uh, my advice to to anyone listening to this is examine the source of your information and get. Get a second opinion. I, you know, talk to people, talk to older people, talk to, uh, talk to medical people, you mm-hmm. know, talk to real people. Look Absolutely. At, and yeah, one of the, th- our bodies the, ourselves is a good book. Yes. Oh, classic. <laughs> and, and if you, and if you hear something about a drug or a method or something like that, that immediately makes you angry and in, enraged and upset. That's often a good indicator that it's you. You want to you want to look at the source of that, yeah, because that's what happens a lot of misinformation. It's like the most like upsetting, outrageous thing you could see, and sadly, there have been some pretty outrageous things that happened. But I have I have also read things that were like, "What? I can't believe!" And then you go, "Wait a minute!" You take a step back and you're like, "Okay, let me see about yeah. this." And then oftentimes that's yeah. Not, a lot of times when something's really outrageous or unbelievable, it it's there's a reason because yeah, it yeah. it didn't happen or it's not true. Um, I also recommend the documentary The Janes, which is currently on HBO Max. Oh yeah. Um, that's not going to help you with birth control misinformation, but it will show you what the world looked like when abortion was not legal anywhere in the United States. Mm-hmm. They had wards in the hospital, entire wards in hospitals for women who are dying of botched abortions. Wards, floors in the hospital for that specific thing. So I'm leaving you with that. <laughs> and that that is all of the uh, main segment I can handle. Yeah. <laughs> you got questions? We got answers. <laughs> and today we have a quote, actually that was sent in by Tony Rogers, and he wanted us to uh, hear us discuss it. So the quote says, it blows my mind that some Americans would be okay with life in a dictatorship as long as they save 25 cents on a gallon of gas. And that is by Mark Jacob, the ex-editor of uh, at Chicago Tribune and Sun-Times. So yeah, it, uh, it, it blows my, it, it, yes and no. It doesn't blow my mind in the sense that I kind of get that a lot of people aren't really tuned into like the larger ideas around what's happening in, in our political world. And they're very sort of, it's very specific. Like they're thinking about 
how much a loaf of bread costs or how much it costs to drive from here to there. And that's kind of the main focus, which surprises me because I think, well, if we don't have a government that can, that won't destroy us, <laughs> how can we do anything? You know what I mean? But not everyone hears those messages, I think. I, it, I, it blows my mind. I, I find, I find it's, it's kind of a selfish attitude. It's an ignorant attitude, like willfully ignorant. And, and they, you know, and, and it amazes me that everybody blames the president for all this stuff when it's not where he has no control over it in any way. Yeah, that's true. I hear that a lot. And that doesn't this, make sense. The gas thing, the gas thing is, is basically the Saudis trying to influence the election because our, our current administration is not favorable to them as the previous one was. And they're, you know, they're trying to influence that. And, and I guess they figure they can, they can uh, benefit from the United States not being able to do anything. Because if we, if we lose control of Congress, what's going to happen is that, you know, the Republicans will pass all kinds of shitty legislation and the president's going to veto it. And, and, <laughs> and then nothing will happen for two years. And then, you know, there we're, we're going to get, you know, DeSantis or somebody shitty like him as president and, and, or, or God forbid Donald Trump runs. Don't even say it. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, it, the president has nothing to do with the price of gas and, you know, and the housing stuff, I mean, all of these, th the things that are, the things that are causing inflation right now are the, the companies making ridiculous profits this year. You know, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not just the pandemic. It's not just the fact that, you know, over a million people have died. Oh, how, no, more than that. I mean, a million people have died in the United States. I'm trying to remember how many people have died of covid in the in the world i mean i heard the number the other day i can't remember but it was many millions yeah. and it was that was that was the most shocking thing yeah i mean I the population has experienced a bit of a downturn and and it's not you know and these are people who were working these are people who who per, you know who were productive and helped with the supply chain and they're not there anymore and a baby is going to take 20 years before they become they become like working and and contributing to everyone getting the things that they want and, and you know so there's fewer people so things are going to take longer yeah. things are going to be more expensive and there are you know rich there the company owners the ones who are who are price gouging they're taking advantage of this yeah, no, absolutely. I, I agree with that. And I also, I want to quibble, though, with, I don't think everyone is willfully ignorant. No, I think everyone. there's a whole lot of people who just aren't, they just aren't tuned in. And so I think that's why it's important for political candidates to think about different arguments to emphasize, not to, not to be two-faced and say one thing to one and the opposite to the other, but to find arguments that really resonate with different people. And there are those uh, kitchen table issues, quote mm. unquote, 
that resonate with so many people. And then there are people who are more like political junkies who are thinking about like this, the, the overall political landscape and that we don't want to go into a freaking dictatorship. Like, Oh my God. But there are people who that just, they don't, they don't think about it. And I think sometimes those, those strong seeming characters feel like they'll just solve their problems and they just want their problems solved. And that's the, that's the danger with that. So I don't know, but I feel like this is, this is a great topic. (laughs) Tony, and it's a, it's a much longer discussion than what we normally do in this section, but I think we should revisit it and and think more about okay. this, and maybe maybe in our future seasons we might have someone to talk more about this. Sure, us. sure. But I'm also, you know, I was using the term ignorant as in ignoring the problem. They're ignoring it. They're they're concentrating on their pocketbook. And they're not looking beyond that. They're not looking, they're not looking at, you know, disadvantaged groups who are mm-hmm. under threat. They're not looking at, yeah, you're going to save, you, you might get your gas prices down, but in 30 years, no one will be able to grow food. And we're all, you know, I mean, it, it, it's like, um, what was I saying before? It's like, there's 15 things on fire. And instead of trying to put out all of the fires, they're just looking at this one little fire. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. the dog, it's the dog in that meme in the flaming room saying everything's fine. This is fine. This is fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I and I answered a poll about what is the most important issue, and you know, they had five. They had the economy. They had climate change. They had uh, abortion. They had. Oh, all of the other things of the day, and you could only pick one. And it's like, no, these are all important. <laughs> right. I don't want to pick one. These are all really, really important. So, uh, it's hard. Yeah, I know. Oh, no, we can't solve everything. No, we can't, but <laughs> it is definitely something to. Think I want about somebody to solve everything. <laughs> Oh, you want a dictator? No, 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 no. no. I do not want a dictator. A dictator isn't going to solve anything. I know, I know. So, (sighs) breathe. (laughs) Thank you for the question, Tony, or the quote, and uh, we will definitely talk more about it. Yes. All right. Well, we are going to get out of here. I'm Robin Renee, and you can find me on Facebook at Robin Renee Fan or Instagram at Robin Renee Music and on Twitter at Spirit Rock Sexy. I'm on Discord as Andrew Genus. So if you're interested in connecting with me there, uh, send me a message. And I'm Wendy Sheridan, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Wendy Cards, on Twitter at Wendy Designs, and on Etsy at Wendy Cards with a Z. And you can always reach out to us on social media at Leftscape and send us your questions and we might uh, answer it on an upcoming show. So until next time, go vote. And keep left.
You've been listening to the Leftscape Podcast. Sound engineering by Wendy Sheridan. Show notes by Robin Renee. Fake sponsor messages by Ariel Sheridan. Web hosting by InMotion. Remote recording by Squadcast. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Leftscape. Become a patron of our show for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash leftscape. Thanks for listening.